life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. This should be quite a podcast. You and I are extra snarky tonight. <laughs> I know. As soon as the conversation starts, when you come over, yes, I can tell this yes. is going to be funny. We, we, we've we've both kind of had a day, so yeah. uh, but we're excited yeah. about the car debates. There's been uh, various uh, various car news that's happened. There's been so many great questions from you yeah, guys. So thank we're you guys. Really try to kind of front load the car debates and get to a lot of questions because there are so many. We've got a cool car debate from Julian writing to us from California and another one from Hogan writing to us from Chicago. We can cover cover both of those and I'm, I'm looking over the gosh that's a big list of questions of just the ones that i marked i can only imagine the ones you marked. it's huge and it's they're great. creative and it seems like everybody is just feeling it today i yeah. don't know why and, and I'm, I'm gonna give you the the warning again we uh, a couple of things actually you know what i just thought of something else we should share oh okay it's denver oh we're gonna, we're gonna do a denver meetup wow yes i should mention that's that coming it's fast. coming up quick and if you're if you're not listening to the podcast the day it's released if you are hi happy friday Thank God Friday came this this week because it's had a week. But but if you if you're a little bit behind, we are coming to Denver in a couple of weeks. It's it's actually a little uh, over week a week. And a, half. a little over a week. Yeah, we're going to try to do some sort of meetup dinner. It's going to be very very informal total meetup dinner. We'll so watch this space kind of on on Facebook. We'll let you know where we're going to be. Twitter right. etc. We'll let you know. Maybe Boulderish in Possibly. that area, yeah, yeah, yeah. not quite Denver, but probably more Boulder. Yeah, so yeah. just think that area. So if you'd like to join us for dinner somewhere, look at our social media platforms. We'll be mentioning where that's going to be, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but also keep in mind, 300th podcast is coming up very soon. <laughs> that is all questions all the time right, and right. none of them cars. That's right. All right. Well, guys, we're jumping right into the debates. As Todd said, we've got one from Julian Yu. He's out in Pomona, California. Both of these debates, as a matter of fact, are about a $10,000 car. Mm -hmm. And I will just say I consider the $10,000 car to be a ten dollars to $15,000 car. That's my range that I'm looking in. But, well, to your credit. But they did give me some limiters in here that are above ten. Yeah. To your credit, both of these guys said, I want to spend ten grand, and then proceed to give a Paul limiter <laughs> a few thousand dollars above that. So they know who they're talking Which with. Which I like. For sure. Yes. They, they know who they're dealing with here. So. Yeah. Julian is a longtime listener, first-time emailer. Julian, hello. Thank you, man, for, for writing sure. in. Really appreciate it. He gives us the car history, but I want to get to the car that gave up the engine after 205,000 miles Yes, right after his friend drove it. <laughs> he, he said, huh, coincidentally, I let a friend borrow it strange, and then it blew up. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. Here's the, here's the worst part of that. If they're actually a real genuine friend of yours, you're not going to call them on it. And there's really you no can. way. There's really no way to know because truthfully, right, right. It, you could have driven it for that same week and had it back now, and the engine could still blow. Very there's true. really no way to know. Or yes, it's possible they they hooned it, and now it's all bad. But there's there's just no way. Yeah, very true. All right, so this car is a Lexus IS three hundred. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's owned an 03 Civic Si. He's had a ninety six Civic, a ninety nine Miata NB. Lots of different cars here. But he's thinking, like I said, in the 10 to 12, 10 to 14 range, yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. He's at 10 to 14 for sure, yeah. Okay. So Julian's wife has a 2016 Scion IM she enjoys, mm -hmm. but right now they're stuck with pretty high payments because they're upside down after being in a 2012 Focus that gave them terrible transmission problems, and therefore she is anti-Ford. Mm -hmm. I really read that in here. She's well, She's got a grudge yeah, against they, Ford they had right to. Now. They had to essentially... 
sell that car, be underwater on it, and roll that into the loan of this Scion IM. So now the Scion, let's be honest, is now costing them more than it should. Yeah. That is one of the worst situations. I yeah, mean, we've known other people in the same situation. It's just bad. And it, it almost always happens this way, too. It's almost always we had a car that was so unreliable we had to get rid of it. And in getting rid of it, we're now underwater. And now what do you have to do? You have to roll that into the next car, which is the worst thing ever. So, Jillian, do not apologize that your budget is so low. It is what it is. It, it very much is. And I liken that to design projects. And design mm, projects that good. have a lot of restrictions, you have to get more creative. It's mm, easy for mm. Todd and I to say, hey, we've got a $100,000 budget. Well, okay, where do we start? Sure. But with a $10,000 budget with your requirements, yeah, which we're yeah, going yeah. to get to in just a little bit, mm-hmm. it also almost makes us more creative in thinking of choices. I'm really proud of the stuff I came up with. I good. cannot wait good, to share. Good. But like I said, it's like the, the design project. You, you appreciate design in a $2 toothbrush versus a high-end <laughs> yacht. Well, sure, you had an unlimited budget. You can do whatever you want. Who cares how much the marble costs and you had to fly it in from wherever? Who cares? Sure. But this toothbrush, look at the design, and it was inexpensive to manufacture, and it's this mm, great thing that feels good in your hand, and blah, you get the point. Yeah, I but do, I do. The 10 to 14 range is what he's looking at. He says, Paul limited to 14000 but we're looking at ten, mm-hmm. and the goal was to not have payments at all because of the high payment they, they currently make on his wife's car, as we mentioned. Yep. Another four years left on that thing. That's brutal. That's and then brutal. the Lexus died unexpectedly. Yeah. So this is where their options are at. They had some unexpected medical expenses, unfortunately. We're sorry to hear that. Yeah. So that further cements the budget in place. So 14 is what I'm dealing with, even though I had a wild card. But I want you to hear it, Julian. Just open mind, and then you might be able to find them for less. Good, good, good. When you hear that, just keep that in mind. Then there's two other things that are going on here. The catches, as he puts them. (laughs) Because he he said you know, he had that NB Miata. He'd love to have another one, except for the fact uh, he's a drummer. Yeah, he has to carry his drum kit places, and his <laughs> wife, she okay. If if the world were on fire, you know the lava flows that are happening in Hawaii. Oh right yes, now. yes. If yes. the lava's coming down the street and she needs to save the car, his wife could probably drive <laughs> stick. But short of that situation, his wife does not drive stick. Right, that's a good way of putting it. You need to get out of here, and um, yeah. you're transporting some very angry tigers, and there's lava flow coming. I think you're going to learn. She's going right to she, she can drive stick well, but she doesn't want to have to. So <laughs> that means he can't have a tiny car that stick shift because he'll have to borrow her car to take the drums, and now she's stuck. Right. So we have to have something that theoretically he can enjoy, and it can be stick, but it's going to be only driven by him. But it has to be able to haul the drums. Right. Because when he had the 99 Miata, he would steal her car to go to practice and mm-hmm. gigs. Yeah. I'm guessing the kick drum doesn't really fit in the Miata. And you kind of need something, I don't know, wagony, maybe? Hatchy and wagony? At, 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 least, at least hatchy and handly, for or sure. Or yes. maybe go the Roland Digital Drums. I had a friend who had that kit. He had the all digital stuff. And he really liked it because you can practice with headphones. And all you hear is just tap, 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 tap. I could I could hear that discussion with the band right now, Julian. I can hear that. I mean, they hey, work. They hey, used hey, guys. Them. Hey, guys. I, I, I love what we do. I'll be at our next gig, but I just want to let you know I bought a Miata, so I sold the drum exactly. kit, but I bought these digital drums. It's going to be awesome. Really, guys? Believe I me. I kind of like that idea, actually. Well, you can change it's all the different sounds. It's you can frightening, get so many different like sounds out of the different pads because you can buy a ton of pads, <laughs> and they're all digital, and you can... Go right to the mixing board anyway. And they and they stack in a Pelican case that fits yeah. perfectly in the back of the Miata. Problem solved. Julian, thanks for writing in. <laughs> You're buying Miatas. Perfect. Well done. The drums are expensive. The car has to be really cheap. Anyway, <laughs> that limits our budget even more. So he says, all right, even though Julian prefers stick, 
He's okay with the automatic, mm-hmm. all right? And I'm guessing his wife might want to drive the car after we get Possibly, done suggesting yeah. some things. Okay. He's out in Pomona, California. Have you ever been out to the drag strip out there, yeah. Julian? Fantastic place. Uh, yeah, it's uh, actually a lot of fun when the uh, NHRA comes through. But it means that he's sometimes also driving in LA traffic, which well, makes yeah, automatic something. You know, 30 miles really east not of downtown. About, you're really not going to complain about that at all. Right. Sometimes he goes to Orange County, but okay. He's got some commuting to do, and he's got the drums. Yeah. He yeah. says he can fit those into smaller sedans like the Impreza and the IS300. The IS is dead. Mm-hmm. It's behind you. It's in your past. But he's been looking at this first-generation Mazda Speed 3. Even though he's not a huge fan of the torque steer, that's part of its charm. You could that's, look at it that really, way. That's really, that's fundamental to who it is, yes. <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. He's also looking at the first generation IS250 and IS350s, which is his choice. Second choice for him is an Acura TL for his budget. Kind of looking at the two, late 2000s Subaru Legacy GT. Yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. thinking, well, head gasket issues with, on the high mileage Subarus. I'm not sure. And then he's also extra cautious about anything German because of maintenance, especially mm-hmm. at that price point. Sure. I yeah. definitely get it. You know, you can't really shake this stigma, apparently. So, yeah, I've been thinking A4 Quattros, E46s, but I'm going to leave that off my list for now. Okay, good. I'm All going right. straight in. Okay. And again, don't worry about your budget because. To start off with, I found you something that's almost half your budget, Julian. This wait, hey, everybody listening, <laughs> hang on. I knew that was hang be on shocking. to something. And if you're commuting, like hang on to the handrail because because this is I don't know if this has happened before. Paul is coming with half the budget. Well, I'm, that's where I'm starting because then okay. I, I will I know. probably you'll, you'll blow, blow it out. out. I get that. All right, so it's a 2001 okay. Honda Prelude. Mm. 51,000 miles. Okay, it's available in Georgia for $7,900. It's a fun little car. Now. How are we doing on drums? Not so great. I'm still thinking of cymbals and kick drums, and even the big floor toms are going to be a problem with that car. So (laughs) This is why you like the digital drums. Digital drums. I get it. That's funny. So just saying, fun, inexpensive cars. You have to go back, but who cares? It's a Honda Prelude. They're a lot of fun. I still like how they look. They are cool. Many Honda Fits. Many Honda Fits. Yes. For your 10 to 14. of Honda Fits. Yes. Did you say we have a plethora? Yes. And then I went to the Honda CRZ EX. Good. Okay. Found you one with 27,000 miles for 11.9, Julian. That might fit the drum, maybe. Now, maybe. It's, it's marginal. I went kind of to the, you know, Honda Prelude hatch is essentially what this car is <laughs> later on down the road. Yeah. So maybe, again, it depends on if you can leave the kick drum and the floor toms at the place where you practice and just bring your snare. <laughs> Guys, we're only playing gigs where they already have a drum kit. That's what we're doing from now on. I mean, theoretically, drummers should be carrying the lightest load possible. They just roll up with their sticks and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I brought a few mallets instead. All right. So that led me to your car, Mini Cooper. Okay. Yeah, I see it. For sure. Because For this sure. genuinely has a chance mm-hmm. to fit a drummer's life. Yes, Take out the back seat. It's practically a pickup. I mean, I, I genuinely use mine like a pickup. You could fit a drum kit in there, no problem. If it's a pickup and then you have the tonneau cover that fits, you know, sticks up a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> terrible. Suddenly we've got a Nissan Pulsar NX. Anyway, yeah, well, hey, it was modular. It's Remember great. those cars? It's all you ever need. <laughs> so I found you a third generation F56. This is the 2015 Mini Cooper or the Mini One, two door hatch. All right. Okay. okay. It's not the S. But this car had, remember, the 1.5-liter three-cylinder turbo okay, in yeah. the base, the entry-level car. If you want the Mini Cooper S, mm-hmm. that bumps you up to the four-cylinder, more horsepower. Yeah. But this one that I found you, six-speed auto, 
So right within your price point, okay? Sure, so it's sure, sure. 13 or so right in there. I bet you could find a bunch of them. But I wanted you to have a more modern car and something that you wouldn't fear. Okay, even though it technically is German, it's still going to run like the hatches, Hopefully. the long-lived hatches that we know do, and love. Do a lot of mini research because you have a, a ton of minis <laughs> you can work with. I mean, obviously I have the, the older, it's the R53, and you know those tend to be, at least in many world, fairly reliable. But then there are the oddballs, and yeah. there are some generations more than others. Do your research, but I like that you're bringing up many because I actually hadn't gone there. I like that you're bringing it up because you yeah. can find so many options out there. You could chase the right one. You may find the weird car like I've got. Who knows? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But that brings me to my wild card choice for you, okay. Julian. All right. It's also a Lexus because you've been Lexus guy. I thought, what a great way to come back home. 2014 Lexus CT200H. Hmm. Picture that in your mind. Mm -hmm. It's kind of waggony, kind of hatchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some hybrid and eco-ness going on, but you never have to put it in that mode. You can leave it in sport mode, which it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that affects the throttle and the steering. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Brings you some sport. Forty. It's kind of the Lexified Mazda Speed 3. It's not quite well, that hot, but it's kind of the Lexified It has the engine car. out of the Prius, and it's built on the Corolla platform, so it's, 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 it's a, kind it's a of Lexified car. everything. Yeah, it is. Anyway, yeah. 46,145 miles mm. for $15,000. Okay. Now, okay, I see it. that's a bit much, but I see it. they might take fourteen five, maybe, mm. but only 46,000 miles. I found it at Alpha Motorsports in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Okay. So hey, they exist. <laughs> There's more than that available, but of I course, give this to you, you give as an example. example. It was yeah, in yeah. black, black on black. It's something your wife can drive. It's mm-hmm. got the four doors, drums all day long. You could probably fit the whole trap set and the whole kit in there. <laughs> Hi hats, everything. Everything goes in, and it's still got a modicum of sportiness to it. Sure, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah, so. Yeah. It does have the sport mode, but yeah, there there's some trade offs in this category. But again, 2014 car, it's still a modern car. Okay. And it's a Lexus. So it's coming back home to that for you, Julian. 15. Interesting. I see it. I see it. might be able to find one for 14.2. Maybe they'll take 14.5. Talk them down. I like it. Say, hey, the guys recommended this. Give me a deal. Funny. Funny. That's where I'm at, Julian. So like it. Take this in consideration, but otherwise go drive some stuff. Maybe that Prelude or, yeah, Yeah. mini Honda Fits. There's Fits everywhere. All day long for for the true. For sure. I, I read his mention about the first-gen Mazda Speed 3, and then I read everything else, and I thought, wait a minute. Especially when he got down here to the Ford, uh, pardon me, the Ford, the Subaru Legacy GT. Mm-hmm. He brought that up and was like, I don't know, how's that going to be high miles? And then I thought, wait, wait, hang on. Mazda Speed 6. Oh, yeah. Good-sized four-door, decent-sized trunk. Now it's manual only, but if it's your car only, mm-hmm. okay. Mazda Speed 6 is well within this budget. And they aren't big. I mean, if you look at a Mazda Speed 6 next to your typical, your, the current Honda Accord, the Honda Accord looks like a 7 Series by comparison. Yeah. They, they've only gotten bigger. And that Mazda Speed 6 is not that big a car. I mean, it's almost like the new Civic size, the brand it's new It almost Civic. feels like that, yeah. It kind of feels yeah, yeah. like that it's size. It's crazy. So I mean, it's, it's a little bit bigger than that, but not by much. So I think you could fit. I mean, I, I, I don't. I honestly don't remember. Somebody will check me. I honestly don't remember if on that Mazda Speed 6 it still had a, the the back seat that folded flat or not to the trunk. I don't remember. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that, but, but I can't either remember way, But either way, it's it's a decent-sized car. So between your trunk and your back Roof seat... Rack? No, no, no. <laughs> between your trunk and your <laughs> back seat, I feel, I feel confident you can get your drum kit in there. And I think it is... I mean, it gets rid of the torque steer problem that the Mazda Speed 3 has. 
and it's a it's a rare car. It's a fun car. I think uh, if you're going to look at the Speed Three, which I, I see why, you need to drive and find a Mazda Speed Six. Mm. That's a good one. The other one I thought of, I went away from four doors. Okay, but I think can work. I really think this can work. Giant SUVs. No, no, oh. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Two door Yukons. That's where I went. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, because I thought, let's get you an enthusiast car. Yeah, you yeah. haven't had a full on enthusiast car, but I need to have reliability, halfway decent gas mileage. Sure, needs to have some good trunk space. Let's get it an automatic so your wife can drive it. I actually say go either way, but the first gen Hyundai Genesis Coupe. You can get these good. all day long for this price. You drop that back seat. It has genuine pass-through space. I fully believe you could get your drum set in there. I love it when I forget about a car and then that it comes funny? back around to fit a certain situation. Isn't that funny? It happens, that. happens all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, look, you, you could say, and somebody probably is saying it out there, you could say 86 as well. But the sure. Genesis is a nicer interior. You're not a guy looking to track. You don't have a history of, of uh, running back roads. I think the Genesis is a better call for you. I think from a commute standpoint, it feels like a bigger car, more substantial yes. car than the Agreed. 86. Agreed. To be honest. So I think the Genesis Coupe, I think in spite of being two doors, because you're not worried about child seats, you're worried about where do my drums go? Fold that back seat down, figure it out. It's going to go in there. Right. And I, I personally would recommend the V6 over the two liter turbo. You're going to find both out there for this money. I actually know we have our friend Greg, his oldest son, has a first-gen Genesis right. Coupe. Right, 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 right. And uh, by the way, side note. His oldest son is uh, is is nineteen. Is he nineteen now? Uh, pretty much. Okay. And uh, and he has a Genesis Coupe that is that honestly he got he got it for like ten or eleven grand. Right. And right. it's it's a it's I may get that a little wrong, but it's about about what it is. It's like ten eleven grand, I think, is what he paid for it. Um, yeah, this is his kind of first big car purchase. <laughs> his his monthly payment on the car is just over two hundred dollars. Right. Didn't he say it was 210 or something like that? His insurance in Los Angeles for the car every month is $250. Yeah. He pays more driver for insurance than he does for the car itself. I don't think that's Julian's issue. I know I'm off in the weeds, but I just... But, but the, it's one still of the, astounding. It, it's crazy. Exactly. To think about one that. of the reasons yeah. I thought of, of the Genesis Coupe is because he's having a good experience with that car that he bought used. And I think those cars run well. They seem to be pretty reliable yeah. over time. Yeah. So I, I think it's a real option for you. I, I, I'm, now I've gotten you in a full-on sports car, full-on rear-wheel drive sports they car. They really are, yeah. So I say drive. go for it. They're probably, what, about uh, 8, 10 years old at this point. But still, you can find them with low miles Why and not? great Why shape. Not? Yep. And they still look really good. They still look really relevant. I think over time, the first gens have aged really well and the second gens haven't. I, I, we mentioned yeah, this before. Yeah, the styling is when a little the bit second, down When there. the second gen came out... Because the the front was kind of controversial on that car, I, I kind of thought, okay, cool, all right, you've changed it, all that kind of thing. But I don't think that second-gen front uh, actually aged very well. The first-gen, now when I see it, still turns my head. looks great. Cool. I like it. All right, Julian, you've got some deciding to do, some driving to do, so you and your wife need to take a Saturday. Go have some fun. Hopefully you find something. Let us know what you get. But we will move on to Hogan's email here. He is in Chicago Hogan B. says he's been listening to the podcast since early December, and he's working his way through season one on Amazon. Thank you. Yeah, thank Thanks you so much. Season two is up as well. There mm-hmm. will be more of our films coming your way. The 50 Years of 9-11 is currently up. Yeah, Icon's coming very soon. Yeah, yeah. that will be hopefully within days. Uh, so watch for that. He says, the car disease in him has been dormant for about two years since he met his wife. <laughs> sorry about our damage to your marriage. I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> and then we reactivated it. Uh-huh. That's what we do. Yep. 
So he's got this car debate here. He and his wife, Rachel, are in Chicago, and they've been doing a year of volunteer service. They're currently in that. They've been fortunate enough to have family and friends support their efforts. Mm -hmm. And then before moving to Chicago for the year, they sold both their cars and most of their possessions to raise money. Wow. Wow. Holy moly. Yeah. All right. So now they're preparing to move again, and they need to go buy a car. They're going to be moving to Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're there, how far is Fredericksburg from... Huh. <laughs> now Paul's cross-shopping cars from yeah, various car debates. This is interesting. You're close. Go on a little drive and shop. till now. That's All right, funny. so they're going to be moving to Virginia. Their budget is also ten grand, mm-hmm. and his limiter for me is twelve. Yep. So ten to twelve. Yep. He says, I realize that isn't much more. Well, you'd be surprised because of what I found. Okay, good. So he and his wife are going to be sharing this car, but right now there's some tension in the house because there's practical <laughs> reliable versus how fun and enjoyable. So yes, there's for the sure. Rachel versus Hogan. Yeah. I, I, I want both, but what mm-hmm. do we do? Yep. So with that said, here's the requirements Rachel has. Four doors, mm-hmm. reliable. It's got to be low maintenance, of course. Decent mileage and automatic transmission. Okay, Okay. All right. So he's got his requirements a lot less here. He just wants fun. Mm-hmm. Pretty much a go-kart would be fine with you, I'm sure. Bring it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you and I'll go for drives, Hogan. It'll be great. What stuck out on your email here, Hogan, is the sentence where you said, I want something that other people will notice when they ride with me. Hmm. That has stuck out in my mind in my okay. shopping for you. Okay. It says the interior doesn't have to be great. Doesn't matter. And then he kind of gives us a little bit of history. It includes a pickup truck, a Mustang, a Honda Accord. And his wife, Rachel, has only ever owned a 2004 Volkswagen New Beetle, which she loved until the interior promptly fell apart, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And then Did the they bud have this... fall off the dash? How did that work? <laughs> no, no car has ever had more headroom than the New Beetle, by the way. <laughs> I, just The next time you see one on the road, I, just, I challenge you, next time, whoever you are, next time you see one on the road, just look at the glass of the person sitting in it and just see how much headroom they have. I don't care how tall they are. I can wear my entire hat collection. Seriously. Like all of them. Unbelievable. If you get, whenever I have seen a small woman driving a new Beetle. (laughs) It's so funny. It feels like another person could sit on their shoulders. It's like they're driving a bubble car. It's the craziest thing. We're playing Marco Polo. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right, so this last thing is, is they have this option of buying from a company that finds cars for people doing the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So he says what they do is they pick a car based on a price category and then some requirements like yeah, you're giving yeah. to us. Then they find one and do a full reconditioning process on that vehicle before they turn it over to them and they it's buy interesting. it. It's interesting. Okay. okay. I mean, the well, AAA does that. As a matter of fact, they kind of have a car buying service. Sure. You tell them yeah, what yeah. they want. And there's a few other companies around the country mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. probably around the world that do this very same thing. Yeah. But keep in mind, Hogan, that they're going to want to be paid for that extra step. It's not just we're finding the G of the car. Yeah. If we're doing some reconditioning, well, yeah, we're going to be wanting to pay, pay well, for de- that kind of Well, depending upon what they're doing in the company that's involved, maybe that is something that that company gives. But either way, it's got to be built is, into the price a, somehow. There is an extra though. layer, you would think, because they've got to make money somehow. I agree with that. I take that point. I came up with a car for Hogan, and I okay. came up with a car for Rachel. Okay. You guys duke it out, and you have at it. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. Oh wow! Where to leave it? <laughs> not not only have we interjected this problem into your marriage, but Paul's going to give you the two sides to just go have fun. Good luck, kids. Pretty much, it's like celebrity death match. Remember that's, that? That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> Here's the cars. Have at it, and um, they're we'll giving see. up. Them, they gave away their stuff. They're giving of themselves. <laughs> they're being nice people, and in the middle of that, you drop kind of rock 'em sock 'em robots and just say, "Have fun." <laughs> and I'm giving you options here. I I don't see a problem. Okay, the car for Hogan. 
Okay. Is a 2016 Ford Fiesta ST, <laughs> 46,000 miles for $7,500. You're Did you know kidding. I found it in South Dakota, $7,500, everyone. Fiesta STs are now $7,500. $7,500 for Just Fiesta in case ST. you didn't get that. Yeah, Fiesta STs. And this is a 2016 only 46,000 miles. Is it salvage? Is it cubed? Did they somebody it's grind it across her parking lot? You're it's ready to me. rock. Could show you the listing. I'm It's gray with black wheels, but who cares? It's a Fiesta ST. Who care what I I $7,500. They are now that low. Can you believe it? No, I can't. That checks every box except for the automatic transmission. Yes, it does. However, I'm going to think that she will probably put the kibosh on that and say no. <laughs> Teach her to drive stick. Here I am, the idiot over here that spent five grand on a mini, and meanwhile, Fiesta STs are over here at seventy five hundred. Boy, I was just saying one there, which could be a really awesome winter hoonmobile. You put a couple of plastic lunch trays under the rear wheels, and they'll go have anyway. fun all winter. They'll do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that car's probably out, but I just wanted to tease everybody with that car. I am. I am completely shocked. Pretty by crazy, that. huh? Twenty twelve. Acura TSX Sport Wagon with 42,500 miles for $11,400. That's pretty compelling. That's in your price range. It's under the Paul limiter. It's in Florida. Rachel, this is your car. Hmm. And, Hogan, it does fit the bill. It's something that other people will notice. That car's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. People will say, what? what is this car? How come I don't know about this car? Hmm. It's four doors, great gas mileage, reliable wagony, somewhat fun. It's not going to be the most enthusiast no, air on fire no, no. car on the planet, but that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. You need some yeah, space. Yeah. You just need a good road trip car. You need something mm-hmm. unique. 2012 okay. Acura okay. TSX Sport Wagon. It's in your budget. They'd probably nice. take 11. I bet you they'd take 11 and nice. it's yours. In Florida, let me know if you want the link. Very cool. All right. I, I Wow. All right. I went all over the map. My wild card is the one that I'm Kind of happy about <laughs> you're still stunned about forever. Fiesta STs. I, I, I'm trying to reset. It used to be twelve nine, but no longer. God, that felt like that was four <laughs> podcasts ago. Things are <laughs> no. dropping. Anyway, I, I am going to mention. Look, you're you're wanting to have an enthusiast car. You've never really had a car you consider a true enthusiast car. You, you've asked a little bit to kind of have your entry into enthusiast cars purchase here, and that Fiesta ST gets it done. So thanks for listening. And uh, no, but, <laughs> and we're done. So, so as a result, look, I want to bring up two cars that I think really fit the category of being enthusiast cars are friendly for you, but cars your wife will like. The question mark I have on both is the reliability question. Mm, Sure. Because they're both German. One is a 3 Series BMW. You'd be amazed how much 3 Series BMW you can get for your money. I looked today. Probably pretty new, right? I was shocked. I looked today, and I I put that hard cap on at 12,000. And okay. I put another hard cap on at 60,000 miles. Oh, really? And okay. still had pages of options. And I'm talking really? 07 and newer. Really? So if you're going to shop 3 Series, or the other one I have for you is the Volkswagen GTI. Nice. Both of Excellent. those cars, I think, check every box. I think Rachel would be happy in it. I think you'd enjoy driving it. The thing is, you're going to have to shop not cars, but owners. Because there's so many pages, you're you're saying? Because there's so many available? Well, just what I'm saying is shop owners. Who is the owner that owns this car? That's good. This is what I'm saying. Kind of like when I bought my Mini. Yeah. See if you can find somebody. And I I remember I I stumbled across one. It was like a guy and his wife who owned it since new and taken great care of it and had 50,000 miles. Like, 
I'd buy your car. Wow. So, wow. I think if you shop those cars and you find it, and, and don't get them from a used car dealer because you don't know what the status is, but if you buy them from a person true. and you can find out the story of the car and it's been well taken care of, I think then those cars in your price point will be reliable for you because you know what you're getting. Hmm. So 3 Series, okay. I think, shop 3 Series, surprise yourself at what's possible. Volkswagen GTI, you can just get them. You can just go out and get one. They, they, they exist for this price, and I think you guys would like that car. In that same category, the Mazda 3. Excellent. A, yeah. a surprisingly fun car to drive, but yet it's also, for Rachel, it's a normal car. It's just a car. Go out, drive it. It's going right. to be reliable. They, they're available for this price. And fun and probably pretty new, too. Yeah, you can do pretty well for this money. So shop Mazda 3s. Those are a good one. Excellent. And then my wild card, because I, I think in 300 podcasts, I maybe have brought this car up one other time. Oh. You're going to go, where do I get that serviced? Because it's a fair question, but it's not a Uh-oh. complex car. Uh-oh. You can get them for this. The Suzuki Kizashi. Oh, my gosh. Yes. No when you mentioned kidding. to me this budget and you said you want a car that people are kind of curious about. Every time I see one, I see one occasionally in Salt Lake. Every time I see one, it turns my head. And they're not common either. They're not. And they look great still. They're great looking. They were great little four-door. Whatever you envision in your mind, this is the size of a Honda Civic. That's the Kazashi. It's that size. It's I just not, like saying the word, really. It is. It is. Absolutely. It's it's a good-looking car. It honestly was a – it's one of those situations, kind of like the Chevy SS uh, or the, the Pontiac Solstice kind of world. Right. They're good cars as a brand is dying. And parts and services, the question mark, though, for that car. I mean, what about yeah. just filters, oil filters that fit that car? I they, mean, what about – I can't think <sighs> in the modern time that you're going to be like, I don't know where to find it. I think there's got to be available. Because they're out there, they're on the road. It's not like they're not on the road anymore. I, I see a few here in Salt Lake that are driven a lot. Sure. And they're so, going to be on the East Coast, and there's probably a lot of and, availability out and there. And they aren't complex in that, what is this? It's not like buying yourself a Fisker, where it's like, how do I get this serviced? <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's a question coming up about Fiskers, and I'm coming back to you. Don't <laughs> wait, just, just wait. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. You, can, you could go to kind of any mechanic, and they could figure out how to work on your Suzuki. It's not going to be some weird thing. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be unique. They don't have great interiors, but they have solid interiors. They're nice cars. They're all-wheel drive. They're decent to drive. I remember driving one. They're decent to drive. They're actually surprisingly fun. So I know I'm in wildcard territory because it's who makes Suzuki's, but this will get you looked at. It'll get you, what is this car? Because it's a cool little car. Staying there is my wildcard. Fantastic. Wow. Excellent stuff. I love stuff like that. I forgot about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cars we forgot about. I was reading along, and he made that comment about, I want a car that people are kind of curious about. And I went, wait a minute. How much are those? Who's are they dirt cheap because they're they're out of production? They're in that world. This this world of ten to twelve grand. Go get one. Go get Amazing. one. Amazing. All right. Well, uh, guys, you've got some deciding to do, some driving to do. Much luck with all of your volunteer service, and uh, hope this helps. We've got a whole back half of the podcast coming yeah, at you for uh, all social media questions right after this. If you're into sports, then check out Eyes on Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen every Wednesday on the podcast One Sports Net. The Emmy-nominated sportscaster and her equally impressive husband examine the latest stories in sports from the eyes of both professionals and parents. Check out the Eyes on Sports podcast at the podcast One Sports Net and Apple Podcasts. Also remember to rate and review that one and this one. Let's talk about Brush Hero real quick. It is a must-have, I think it is, for your car care arsenal. 
Brush Hero is water powered. It's a detailing tool. It doesn't move quickly. It actually, it's this very simple little thing. You look at it and you think, how does this work? It's this very simple thing. It just has lots of torque. You can get two great brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces and a harder one for stubborn, stubborn muck. I used it on a mountain bike and it was brilliant. While originally designed for fast and easy expert level car and motorcycle detailing, the Brush Hero can clean virtually anything. You name it. Rain gutters, barbecues, lawnmowers, boats, and more. It's really easy to use. Just hook it up to any standard garden hose, flip the handy on-off switch, and start cleaning. It's a great gift idea, too. They've got an extensive line of gift sets and accessories. Everyday Driver listeners can enjoy 10% off their order at BrushHero.com with the code DRIVER. That's right. Use the code DRIVER for this show to get 10% off. You can also find Brush Hero at select Costco and Walmart stores if you don't want the discount. All orders over $40 ship for free. And again, if you use the code DRIVER, you get 10% off. GEICO presents Unhelpful Home Improvement How-Tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. We're back with questions from social media. Thank you guys for all of these questions, and we are looking forward to Podcast 300 when it's all questions all the time. It's going to be I, can, I yeah. feel like you guys are winding up for big ones. That's what I'm feeling like. So we're going to jump right into the questions, and I'm going to start with you, Sean. I mentioned it right before the break. <laughs> I'm starting with you, Sean. Your question on Facebook is, a Fisker Karma was a terrible deal new, but now you can get them for thirty-five grand. you are asking about buying a Fisker Karma for thirty-five grand. I am hmm. awash in thoughts. There is, there's actually one in that charcoal gray color that lives here in Park City, and I see it regularly. Do you really? Yeah. I never see one. Yeah. I've seen one. Actually, I say regularly. I would say I see it once or twice a month. It always turns my head because that thing still looks like a spaceship. And I'm pretty sure the people here in Park City that have it probably bought it new. Hmm. Sean, my number one question for you with this car is who's going to work on it? Yeah. Because... Does it share enough tech with the upcoming, whatever they've called, what, what are they called just Karma now? What is the company that this it's became? It's been rebranded as Karma. The Fisker name has exactly. dropped, so the Karma is the Karma. How do you like that for exactly. Karma? So there's that. So, so there's th- that. Are, is that far enough along that the tech side could be serviced? Now, a lot of the, the underpinnings and stuff were partnered with GM. So theoretically, if you get somebody that knows how to work on the Chevy Volt, they theoretically should know how to work on the Fisker. My problem is not that it's that it's thirty five grand and should you get one. My problem is what happens if, and I mean this, anything goes wrong. Because I, it's not like the Suzuki I mentioned before the break. That car I could roll into any mechanic, be like, fix this, and he'd probably go, yeah, sure. The Fisker Karma. Half of them are going to look at it like, did you land a spaceship in my bay? Yeah, because you did. Mm-hmm. But, if you had yeah. said, if you had said they were fifteen to twenty grand, I would say take the leap. 35 or so grand, you're taking a gamble on what if it stops running. Yeah, I liked the uh, the commentary on dropping a V8 because Bob Lutz did. He called yeah. it the VL Destino. Destino yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he dropped the 6.2 liter V8 in that thing and kind of gave it the power and engine that it should have had well, from the beginning. It's the classical thinking of everything would be better with an LS and Bob Lutz just proving it. Yeah, I mean, he kind of did just... Because he can, but yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting. I'm actually surprised 
to see that design and how long that and iterations of it are still around in yeah. various forms. Yeah. From the original Fisker out to the new Karma company, and they're mm-hmm. funded, and they're selling mm-hmm. cars, and they're building them, and, and they you can look, go buy one. They still look really cool, but it's, it's amazing. But you're buying, you're buying dead tech. I hate to say it, but who services that? Yeah, cheap though. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing. Look, I'm, I'm I'm reaching a little bit to say this. It's not quite a steam car, but it's in that area. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're buying. Yeah. You're buying. Yes, this worked. I'm sure it can be worked on. Who is the person that knows how? Right. Hmm. Okay, so steam cars for everyone. That's a, that. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Love it. All right, over to Instagram. I'm going there. Joe P87. Uh oh. Said any suggestions for how to get my wife to stop putting her feet up on the dashboard? Oh no. Okay, you went with this one. All right. I good am. All right, go. George Mystic Negro says, "Ask nicely," which I agree with. That is the start. That's yes. the mm-hmm. beginning. The legend continues, says, ask her calmly but firmly to get out of the car. <laughs> I don't know about that. That ends badly later. You may, you, you, that, is a, that, is a, that is a current victory for a larger loss later is what that is, yes. <laughs> then Cold Iron says, tell her about the girl who had her feet slammed so hard in the windshield she had permanently damaged legs from the airbag exploding. There's been multiple stories like that, and some of them are grisly. Yes, and so there brings into the safety issue, mm-hmm. which can always be compelling. I, I'm always with the ask nicely. Just, hey, it just kind of bugs me. Could you not do that? Mm-hmm. I'm also going to the place where it, it's just extra work. You know what I mean? I want to keep the car clean, and sure. for the same reason sure, Cheetos sure. are not allowed, because it's, it's not you. It's the extra work for me. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of saying, could you get your greasy dogs off the dash? Just say, honey, could you, it's, do it's, you mind? It's extra work and time It's the for Cheetos me. argument. That's interesting that you And went time yeah. that I could be spending with you, but I'm going to be having to scrub the instrument panel. But I could be, <laughs> we could be spending time together wow. on All the right. deck. Having Good a luck making drink. that work. All right. But really, let's just go back to ask nicely. We'll end it there. I remember reading an article not that long ago about a family that was in a minivan and they were in a wreck that... Okay, it was a genuine wreck. It was an airbags out wreck. But it wasn't a huge wreck. And everybody in the family, dad and the multiple kids, all walked away the minute it happened, except mom had to be life flighted. Oh, my gosh. Because not a very hard wreck, but she had her feet on the dash. And the the airbag did so much damage to her legs Mm. that it was a huge medical thing. Mm. And that's just horrific. Now, look... Airbags are not foolproof. Seat belts are not foolproof. All this stuff helps, but you got to use it right. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. you know, and I and I realize you know you're you're calculating about the worst case scenario here, but do be careful out there in the way you sit in a car because it's it. Yeah. The other one that the one that really always astounds me. I don't care who I see doing it. It's the driver. Oh. With the foot on the window sill. Oh. Yeah. I just every time I see that, and I see. Guys and girls doing it. Every time I see that, I just think, when that goes wrong, what pretzel shape winds up at the end? That's yeah, just That really yeah. just sends chills down my spine. Anyway, I, I can't <laughs> believe I'm going to say this, but sit in seats right, people. Anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, Cam Automag on Instagram said, okay, <laughs> you have to jump one of your cars for reasons he can't currently explain. Yeah, I noticed this. Which car is <laughs> seeing airtime? And I have the answer. Let's <laughs> launch that many. <laughs> I I want to launch that. I mini. like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm I'm actually I'm half excited now, and that that sounds awesome. As I long kinda, as we can film it, I kind. Are you kidding? I kind of want to do it now. I'm kind of like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs>
You know, yeah, we could do the Top Gear thing and launch it off the ski jump. What do you town. say to your insurance agent? Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it was stolen. It got totaled. I. How is less important than the fact that it's totaled? Don't really know. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking through questions here. Uh, oh, Bandit89 asked us, what do we consider it to be a truck? Oh, this is hard. Where's the line between a car, an SUV, and a truck? Lines getting more blurry with small SUVs yeah, and large yeah, yeah. cars, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think it's pretty straightforward, and that okay. is body on frame. That's where I was going to go to. Yeah. The Expedition is body on frame, even yeah. though it has independent rear suspension, which is why I like it so much. You can yeah. tow a bunch, but it still has independent rear. Mm-hmm. It's very rare because the Suburban's got a solid rear axle. Mm-hmm. But yes, body on frame to me kind of is the delineation sure, because there's sure. so many big SUVs that are unibody. Yeah, yeah, but yeah I, don't, I see that. I mean, I don't really consider it a truck, even though they're big. Yeah. So it's not size related to yeah. me. It's body on frame. Okay. All right. I'll give you that one. That's good. The old school. That's good. Uh, Brandonness wrote in on Instagram and said, what are our go-to defenses for friends and family who ask questions about us owning exotic cars? Ooh. Well, first off, exotic is relevant. I mean, it's relative. So, you know, what's the thing? The thing you always say, Paul, is a great one. And that is, you know, everybody has a hole down which they throw their money. That's my continued argument. And so, you know, yeah. somebody says, how can you own a car like that? And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this to suggest start a fight. But my point is, whoever is asking you that question, they put their money some, somewhere you think is frivolous. Sure. So yeah. that's that's a tough argument. I've had conversations with people at gas stations. Now, granted, my big thing is with the Lotus Elise, it looks much more expensive than it is. Does that have a V10 in it? It doesn't mm. actually. Which is yeah, the V10 would fit in the entire car. <laughs> I wouldn't fit. Still, anymore. my favorite question yeah, ever. It is awesome. <laughs> but people have asked me about it before, and one of the conversations I've had with people is, you know what, my car payment's probably about like yours. Yeah, which reframes the conversation. Yeah, it, it first it strips people's gears, yeah, but, and but then you have the conversation. You know, if you have a if you're parked next to somebody who's driving a brand new fill in the five seat SUV, it cost almost what my Lotus did, probably or more, more depending on how much one. The, the nice loaded out Honda Accord, yeah, mm-hmm. more than the Lotus. So that's a conversation. Now that doesn't that's not always the case. Maybe you spent a ton of money on it, and if you spend a ton of money on it, I go back to what is the thing they spend a ton of money on. What's the problem with somebody owning a nice car? You, it makes you happy. You own a nice car. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, if, if your exotic, honestly, if your exotic was genuinely hurting family and friends somehow, that your family's going without because you own an exotic, that's a problem. But come on, drive a car that you find fun. And what's the thing they do? I, we all have our thing. Mm, drive sure. a fun car. Sure. I hear you. All right. Well, there's a, a question on here about cars and coffee from Simtar Star. Oh, I like this. Yeah. He's asking yeah. for quick basic tips for a first-time cars and coffee. Where do I park? Am I supposed to find other cars like mine and park near them? You know, sort of find your friends, find your people. Or is it only cars from people who register? How do you not be obnoxious? How do you kind of fit in but still stand out? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's really no rules unless it's big enough where there's people directing traffic. Yeah. If yeah. it's just a lot and people are showing up, there's no rules. Yeah. And if people are congregating in the middle of the, the aisle, you can slowly cruise through. You know, it's yeah. a way a, yeah, yeah. for them to get to look at your car and say, oh, so-and-so is here. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you cl- slowly cruise through. People start to move. They'll be respectful. And if people are congregating in a space between other cars and you want that space, go ahead and start backing into it. Start yeah. kind of 
making noises and hey guys i want to get in there do you mind excuse me yeah everybody's going to be real cool i guarantee it even though it doesn't seem like it at first but nobody has claim of ownership over any parking space <laughs> or any section of the parking lot i guarantee you you can go park next to other cars sometimes it's cool but on the other hand do your own thing yeah park where you want show your car next to something if you see a car and there's an open space and you think oh my car looked pretty good next to him and he next to me. Yeah. Why not? And he There's no rules. I agree with that. He doesn't say what kind of car he has either. True. I, I'm going to say the big thing is go and embrace the fact you're a newbie. Yeah. If yeah. you're parking in a space and you're not going to park there because we're trying to get all of the fill in the car here parked in a line and we need that space open for that. Okay, cool. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Just be really open about it. Keep in mind that when you get there, most cars and coffee, not all, most cars and coffee, people will back their cars in. Right, right. Most of the time, people will not uh, park nose first. Our local uh, Park City Cars and Coffee is interesting because there's multiple rows at which everybody backs in, and then like the upper row, they just pull in nose first. And I'll give you weird things. When I had the FRS, I parked kind of on the edges of it because I was like, it's an FRS. I like it. I love it. I think it's a great car. I'd love to show it to you, but it's an FRS. I'm going to park over here. Mm -hmm. With the Lotus, I don't mind parking in the middle of things. So yeah, so you kind of yeah. can get a vibe of what is your car and do you think it matters. I don't think you have to park with everything of the same mark. I don't think that's necessary. I don't but, either. But I would say more than anything, look, I'll just give you the, the fly-on-the-wall variation of this. Go to your local cars and coffee. Park on the outskirts. Walk up and see what the scene's like. Yeah, that if way, you've never you go, been there. And just... When you go next time, you know what you're in for. Sure. Yeah. But go low expectation. I will give you only one please do not. Oh, yes. Please do not try to show everybody how awesome you are when you leave the parking lot. There's no extra revving. There's no random burnouts. There's no trying to make a corner fast because, A, that's when it often goes wrong, and, B, across the board, when you've heard about cars and coffees getting closed down, it's because of too much of that. Yeah, and Mustangs leaving the parking lot trying to do cool burnouts. And that's and the cliche that one, but, but it's all – but honestly, every single time. Yeah. There was a one, a, a one in L.A. that got moved like three times over the course of me going to it, and it was always because of crazy, loud, burnout, weirdo traffic. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything about other than the fact that people are doing things when they're leaving that you can describe as hooning, and it just was too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what else you got on there on your list? Uh, so many. Um Wow. Okay. Where do I go? Uh, quick one here from David on uh, on Twitter. He's wanting to he's wanting to do tracking. He's concerned about consumables. He's saying if I do like a track day or two a year, am I okay? Yes. Yes. For brakes and rotors and tires yeah, and all that I mean, stuff. You're saying. Are, you, look, you're going to shorten the life of all of those things, but I don't think you're going to be a situation where in a single day you blew out any of those things. Yeah. Right. If you were going to track every weekend, major consumables twice a year, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, there's a question on here that's fairly extensive. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we could spend hours on this question. It's on Facebook from Christopher M. asking about larger wheels and why are they better oh, wow. for performance and can we explain why? He's saying, you know, wider, just the contact patch alone, he gets that. But he's asking, you know, how besides weight and the amount of sidewall do wheels upgrade performance? Mm, well, mm. not necessarily. I it really in this day and age it's a balance of what you want to get out of the car because with carbon wheels and the proliferation of lightweight wheels yeah, you don't have yeah, to yeah. go very large or you can go larger now to get the lower sidewall Without and the, the wider tile yeah. tire you can go that way now yeah but in general in the past it's been because of weight i mean my favorite is when you see giant suvs and 24s and you know all this stuff and or the brakes 30s. are tiny yeah exactly yeah 
And I do want to get to your comment here, Kirk, about uh, you know sketching and why they look better. It's all about proportion. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, the car industry couldn't really support 20-inch wheels as a common, here's a stock bolt-on, the hubs, sure. and the, the sure. actual car design, the wheel arch opening, the clearance when you turn wheels, mm-hmm. you know, when you're turning mm-hmm. things in there. They couldn't really support it, but now they can. 20s are very common. Yeah, it's kind of shocking how common. Winter tires on the Jeep that are 20s. They're yeah. Bridgestone Blizzak 20s. They make them that large. Yeah. They even, I think they make them even larger, as a matter of sure fact. Sure, they do, yeah. Now, you would also ask, well, hang on. Why are Formula One cars, why do they have such tiny wheels and large, tall sidewall tires? That's an entirely different category, and that's because at that level, Formula One car suspension is nearly nothing, and the engineers are calculating the tire flex mm-hmm. into the geometry of the suspension because there's such little suspension travel. They can't have that much suspension travel. Mm. So they're counting on more tire sidewall to be able to to have that suspension, even though they're you know really high speeds, all that kind of stuff. So there's yeah, a, yeah. a real trick between weight and balance and width. So mm-hmm. yes, for the most part, it is for width, but you'll see a lot of you know, just private race cars running 18s. Why would you run 20s when you can just run 18s? Mm-hmm. The tires are less expensive. They're lighter. Generally speaking, that tire gets heavy or the wheel gets heavier the bigger you go. And yeah. you don't want that, especially it, in racing. And if you want it to stay light, the price goes up almost exponentially. Yes. The rim gets bigger. I mean, the, the short answer as to why this started is because of trying to avoid sidewall flex. If you can get less sidewall flex because you have a lesser sidewall and it's got a stiffer sidewall on a performance tire, we can go with a bigger wheel, we get less flex, oh, the car is now more precise. That's theoretically where we started, but you're right. There's so much give and take happening here and what matters for the car because the other side of the equation, it gets big enough now that you have no cushion from the tire at all and it's just a brutal ride on anything but the world's most perfect track. Yeah, exactly. So that's the other side of the equation. I mean, it really is. Look, look. I'm going to go a different way to explain the, explain the issue. Look at the difference in the stock handling between the ND Miata mm-hmm. and the stock F86. Right, right. GT86, sorry. Look at those two. The difference is the 86 is a fairly stiff chassis. The ND has a lot of body roll. They're both gripping just fine. The difference is what kind of feel do you like? And they can get into that as well. Look, you can, I mean, there's so much testing that can be done here that we shouldn't even try have, have this And discussion. there's lots of articles that have been written and lots of testing by a lot of magazines, mm-hmm. you know, going the plus one, plus two, and yeah. then going the other way. You can overtire, you can undertire, yeah. you know. And theoretically, theoretically, the car company has done plenty of R&D to go, that's probably the good sweet that's spot. That's my other point. And with that, they haven't just plopped a set of wheels and tires on it. They have calculated a lot about the suspension geometry and what the car is designed and marketed to do. So there is a reason the car at the high end, the sport model, comes with that size of wheel and tire. Mm -hmm. I keep wondering, why isn't the M2 only, why does it only have 19s on that car? Well, proportion, and Kirk, this gets into your question. Mm -hmm. He's a mechanical engineer and he's he's, uh, got an industrial designer friend from GM. And yes, it's all about proportion. All the car guys sketch cars with – if you were to make that car, they'd be the equivalent of 30-inch wheels and tires. Look at the Fisker Karma with its, like, 24s. Right. I can't believe how much the Fisker Karma has come up in this podcast. That's it's amazing. Never it never does. Yeah. 
But yes, it's again, coming back to proportion, it just looks better in the sketch. But if you try to translate mm-hmm. that into mm-hmm. something like the Fisker Karma, it's just, it doesn't really quite work. It would be better with a little bit better mm-hmm. proportions that are more, uh, they resolve themselves better rather than forcing it. Sure. And so when you see big, huge wheels and tires on a car and it's just, uh, I know you wanted to do it, but you would have been better <laughs> off going to 19s or 21s or something in there instead of the 24s, something like that. So in this day and age, the big answer, we could go on and on about this, but yeah, it is yeah. a balance of cost the ride comfort you want to get out of it or the sportiness and handling you want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the the sidewall height mm-hmm. and wheel weight. What are you going to do with stuff, that? All these factors. And the weight, because Kirk, you bring up the carbon fiber wheels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. we can go big wheels now and be actually lighter than 17s or 18s. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's changing constantly, but you have to go for what the car is. And then ultimately it kind of comes down to how much do you want to spend? Yeah. It's like driving on the Autobahn. It really is a factor of how much money do you want to spend on fuel? That's how mm. fast you're going. Mm. Unless you're super duper rich and whatever, you don't care. But you kind of get what I mean. It's yeah. just how fast you're going depends on how much money you want to spend that day. Maybe everybody drives faster on Fridays because they get paid. I don't know. Just a theory. I think it's Friday. <laughs> uh, Miata Baltic Adventures wrote in with a mini debate. I want to see if I can cover this real quick. He's about to have um, the next three months for his job. Just for the next three months, he's going to commute more than 200 kilometers a day. Holy moly. So he's thinking about buying a car for this purpose. So he's just going to have it for a few months. He's going to buy it to put a ton of miles on it. Okay. I'm wondering, it sounds like because you're talking kilometers, you're not in the U.S., but I'm going to start with the U.S. version of this car. The Chevy Volt. Hmm. So it's the Opel, what was it, Ampera? The, the Ampera. Yeah, 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 overseas. Yeah. The reason I say that is because they've dropped a ton in value, so you can get one pretty inexpensively. You're going to have, you know, uh, like 25 miles, so let's say 40 or something uh, kilometers on all electric. And then it's going to get decent but not great gas mileage, but decent gas mileage. You want this to be a four-door car that could also carry family and a dog if need be. It's big enough for that. I also think at the end of three months, it's going to be almost a wash in what the car's worth. Hmm. I think you're going to lose very little money in that three months. I don't think, I mean, they're not worth much now. I think three months from now with a bunch more kilometers on it, you're lost a little bit, but not much. You get in it, you get out of it, you can be done. Now, look, we could go chasing off a bunch of other tiny little hatchbacks, but certainly do this as well. But I just, that car stuck out in my brain as, you know, just get it, commute in it, be done with it. I like that. There's a question over here on Facebook from Thomas P. It says, favorite air freshener scent. Oh, gosh. And least favorite, too. Well, my favorite air freshener scent, well, it's just really the scent of leather, like leather conditioner worked into the seats. Mm-hmm. And my least favorite is anything that doesn't start with L and end with ether. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, anything else, that like sorted that out. pine or nice. potpourri or nice. whatever. Or that poopery stuff that's in all the Vegas casinos. Oh, it's called man. poopery, and you yeah. can buy it. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Anyway, that lady who invented it prints money. Anyway. Uh, Jay Doherty 787 on Instagram said, Convince my wife that an NV Green Fiesta ST is a cool car. Uh, that is impossible. <laughs> I cannot convince your wife of anything, and my guessing is you probably couldn't either. Uh, but having said that, back to something we said before, what would she like to have? 
Yeah. Because a Fiesta ST is not, I mean, look, it's more expensive than I'd like to buy a purse. We've talked about the purse tax before on the, cabinet, yes, right. on, the, on the podcast. People have talked about the kitchen tax. One guy wanted to have a really nice car, and his wife said, I'd like a really nice kitchen. And he bought a really nice kitchen, and there he went and got the car. So, so but what, <laughs> what, is the thing, so. what is the thing she would like to have? Because here's the thing. My wife, who understands my crazy proclivity for ridiculous cars, if I brought home an Envy Green Fiesta ST, she'd be like, wait. So where are we going? Wait, wait, wait. What That's actually your car now? I mean, yeah. she would she would have so much of a struggle with me having that car. And she knows what a bad case of this disease I have. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, have a conversation with your wife about, look, I just want to do this. It's going to be funny. I, I, I want to enjoy it for a bit. It's not going to be a forever car. I just want to have it for six months or a year and just enjoy this car. Why not? It's a fun color. Let me play. And see, I, I, she loves you. She's going to find the reason why that makes you happy. But the question is, what equivalent kind of thing? And I'm not even talking cost. I'm talking about what's the crazy little thing she'd like to have. Yeah. Have the conversation from that point. Because convincing her it's a good idea, it's not a good idea. It's a Fiesta ST. It's a ridiculous <laughs> car. But, man, is it fun. And get it in a crazy color. I applaud you for that. Maybe it'd be less than $7,500, you know. Who knows, man. At that color, maybe. Who knows. Hey, steel. Just saying. All right. Well, our friend the Reese, uh, Reese asked if there could ever be a resurgence of wheel-to-wheel racing, or do we think motorsport is less relevant to the average working guy than it was in the 50s and 60s? Well, yes, I, I take your point, and I think you mean anything that is not the highest level of racing, like mm. Formula One, even Le Mans, even you know, some of the, the yeah. GT classes in Le Mans. Yeah, I, I definitely get your point, because a lot of the high-end racing is dominated by teams with money. You, yeah. you win and you're competitive only if you have money because you can buy everything. It's like the New York Yankees. They just mm. buy the talent, right? <laughs> okay. Discuss. I know that's a controversial statement, but I'm just throwing it out there. Well, for that it's sports. So I've lost that. I was just talking about the well, white hey, guys over too. here. You get the point. But yes, I, I still think there is. And the resurgence is coming in the form of everybody discovering it or people watching series that aren't the highest end. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pirelli World Championship is a great one. There's wheel-to-wheel racing, genuine close-quarter racing in that, and it's not the high end. But you've got Audi R8s and Cadillacs Mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. You know, there's still privateer race teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Chance invites us out to the track many times, and I wish we could go more. He shoots but amazing shots at those things, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's genuine at the almost, you know, I've, I've just crossed over into the pro ranks. Mm-hmm. I used to be amateur, but mm-hmm. I'm running a team now. You know, those kinds of race series, whatever they are, I, I still think that resonates with a lot of people, and people are kind of into that more, even though I do love Le Mans. I love yeah. Formula One. I think, you know what, you're touching on something that's, that's dawning on me as we're talking, and that is I think the average person, not the race freak, the average person, I think when they recognize the car as something that looks vague like something on the road, I think it engages them more. Why do NASCARs have Toyota and Chevy badges? They're right. not a car you could buy, but there's yeah, that. They're yeah. trying to get that connection to something you could own. Oh, it looks kind of like an Impala. Not and they're, really. They're nothing. Yeah. The the name is so the I think, only thing. I they think have when in you see Ferraris and Lamborghinis and these kind of things, you know the the Corvettes that kill it in the in their series, but it, it feels connected to cars you see on the road. I think that connects more people. I don't know that racing is ever really going to grow again, but I think I still feel like that connects people to it. Yeah, for sure. All right, what else? Anything uh, else? We've got uh, Duncan Yu wrote in on Facebook. I found this one. I'm still debating it. I think it's that difficult. Track Daily Crush. Oh, okay. Fiesta ST, 
Civic Type R, GTI with Performance Pack. Ooh. Track Daily Crush. I do think this is difficult. Ooh. I hmm. I I think I have an answer. This is one of those answers where I may change it after we record the podcast, but (laughs) I think this is my answer. Okay. I think the track car is the Fiesta ST. Because while it's not the fastest of that group, it's it's a laugh and it's disposable. I would I wouldn't feel any mechanical sympathy for hooning it until it broke and then fixing it or buying another one. Now you've discovered they're seventy five hundred dollars. They are Fiesta ST track car. Why not? Now a big track is going to run out of breath, but it's just going to be fun. So Fiesta ST for the track car. Hmm. I'm I'm considering this situation. I went to the extreme part of the daily. I'm commuting in Los Angeles. I'm going to go GTI, and I'm going to shockingly crush the Civic Type R. Wow. I know you're surprised. I'm surprised too, but I think that's my answer. I'm crushing the Fiesta ST because of yeah. your reasons. Because it is so disposable and <laughs> it's disposable anyway. Trash compactor, here it comes. Yeah, I I want the the power and the feel out of that Civic Type R that I, I love. See that. I see that it's fun. It, it would be could very be fun, brilliant on mm-hmm. track, and commute in the GTI. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cross the Fiesta because they're disposable. They're seventy five hundred dollars. <laughs> Clearly, doesn't don't the, you have that on you? Those right of now? you that listen that are still paying off a Fiesta ST from <laughs> you hate us so much. This podcast, you don't even have words. You knew it was coming back around because yeah. they keep dropping in price. You can't say. Well, anyway, we'll leave it there. What else? Uh, I had la- uh, last one. Remember the Exige? I mean, Exige we drove. Oh yes, yes. He's selling that car. I saw his he's note to us. He's selling that car. And so his question is... <laughs> Why, are you writing, writing something? You're, no, 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 no. I have, I, We're I, launching can, the Mini off the no, cliff no, no, and no. you're his, buying that? His, no. His question is, if he's coming out of that car, okay, supercharged Elise, the, the Exis, okay? He's coming out of that car. GT350 or Corvette C7? Oh, oh. Tough, huh? He's talking about forty five grand, so he can't quite reach into a grand sport. But forty five grand, he could start getting the bottom of the used GT three fifties. Interesting that they're there, they're there, there which now. is crazy. And he could get a C seven Corvette. I actually think the Vet's the better call for I, the all around. You're thinking? I, well, but I'm thinking about who he is and what he's coming out of. The GT three fifty is a car with far more personality, but it's going to feel like a house coming out of that Elise. The C7 is a big car, but the C7 is a big car because everything's big after coming out on those cars. But the C7 no. is a car that the faster you drive it, it really does get smaller. It's surprisingly small and agile, especially when you see how big it is. And I think uh, if you're stepping up in power and in size, the C7 is going to feel a lot more natural to you than the GT350. So that's why I'm going there. Interesting. I I hear your arguments about the personality, but that's the reason I'm choosing the Mustang. I can see it. I can see it. Because it's got so much personality. Size, I have to take size out of the equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big car. It's different, but it's so unique, and it just seems to fit with his driving personality. Because he has a uniqueness to the buzzing with energy. I see that. I I take that point. That's a hard one, though. It is weird. It is weird, because I can see, uh, we're sitting here talking about it right now. We're debating it out as we're both seeing both sides of the issue. Yeah. But I think... I think C7 has the, the, the driving lineage of that Elise in it somewhere. All right. Before we let you go, Stephen S. asked us about the 2019 Rolls-Royce Cullinan. I wondered if we'd go here. I, I won't spend too much time. I have a crazy thought on it, and that's really all I have. But keep going. <laughs> 
My seventh term instructor at Art Center, actually, Marek Georgievic, was the principal designer on the original Phantom when it came back out. And he had to design for a particular market, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And his thoughts were yacht lines and mm -hmm. the upsweep of the lines related to owners who had boats and ships and mm. stately mm. kinds of thinking. And that's why that car set the design tone for what we're seeing now in this yeah. monstrous yeah. hulking thing that gives <laughs> 80s Volvo 240s a run for their money in terms of sharp, square Dumb looking boxes. It's nearly six thousand pounds. Is it really? It's of course it's it fifty eight hundred pounds. Of course it is. I question why we have to keep going with that theme that is over ten years old now, mm -hmm. as far as upright, unbelievably boxy. And I'm thinking this is the future of car design. Mm. Surely not. This is this is where it's, we're at. Yeah. Is in terms of. Something that says luxury. I get the stately part. It's got to be big and imposing, and yeah, that means yeah, stately. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the same kind of thinking that most CEOs or CEOs of big companies are tall people. That's mm -hmm. their studies and that kind of thing, even though that's not, that's a big generalization. But yeah. that thinking that, oh, it must be big and stately and in your face and all that stuff. And I get that Rolls's. Must do that. They've done it since the 20s. And they want it to look like their brand. I see that too. But man, is it ugly. Yeah, it's... Um, I'm not yeah. happy with it. Yeah, I hear you. Well, it makes it, the Bentayga look sleek see, and low I, to the ground. See, I don't agree with that. I actually think it's still more attractive than the Bentayga. But, you do. But, but at the same time, I, 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 <laughs> I, I submit to you. I submit thinly. to you that the only reason you think the Bentayga is better is you've had time to get used to it. The Bentayga design has been with us Fair. and scaring our eyes for the better part of the last two or three years. This just dropped now. I think this... Probably also in the metal, which, of course, we haven't seen it that way yet. I think this, especially in person, is going to look better than the Bentayga, but that is such an unbelievably low bar. Everyone <laughs> is going to be baffled by that's not even a success. Uh, it does look like the Rolls lineup. I hear what you're saying about does it need to. I, I saw this, and I had one thought. Okay. I don't think this will happen. If anybody knows the right contacts to make this happen, I would love it. I want nothing more than to take that and go do Slick Rock in Moab. I want to go do fins oh and gosh. things that we did with oh that. Because, because this, is the whole, this is the whole design brief, is they theoretically are talking about they've, they've beefed up their air suspension, they've changed what the air suspension is going to do. Instead of just being worried about ride, it's going to supposedly take huge undulations and major differences in what the wheels are doing and it's got all this power and they're talking about the torque and it's, it's they're, they're, they're claiming huge off-road capability and I read that and I went I want one I'll take cameras and we're going to Moab I want to make that holy thing cow that thing has got to be one and a half almost two times as heavy as the Jeep we took 5,800 pounds does it have a crawl mode can you disconnect the sway bars on this puppy don't know but this is my point if you're going to throw down with, we made this big stately land barge, and guess what? It can it can go off road. I want to go try it. I don't want to. I don't care how fast it goes zero to sixty. I genuinely don't. I don't care what the top speed is. It's going to be a house on fire with an afterburner. I want to know. Okay, I want to follow that Jeep Rubicon around fins and things in Moab and go. What can this do? And then I want to cackle <laughs> like a child while that climbs a rock. Or doesn't. Or doesn't. Either way. Either way. I'm laughing. Either way. It's a great day out. That's an entire show series. Cars not in their element. Why not? But but that's the how thing. many cars they're claiming it is their element. element. 
Wow. I'm floored by that visual imagery. Okay, so we have to leave it there, and they'll probably sell jillions of these things. Every rich person on the planet's going to buy one. You know that. I'm very curious to see who the actual owner of that car is, honestly. Oh, holy cow. Guys, thank you so much for writing in. We're really appreciative of all the questions constantly. Keep writing to us if we haven't gotten to your question. And if you've got a car debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And also on the website, everydaydriver.com. You can contact us there to send us your big car debate for sure yeah. on the website or at the Gmail. And then, mm-hmm. of course, all the mm-hmm. social media questions are just what you heard. Thank you. There's a lot of cool stuff on the podcast coming next week. Can't wait to share. Stay tuned. Cheers, everyone. Technology Truths brought to you by Geico. Technology Truths. Truth. You will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.